Buckle up, guys, for Bust of the Year, the Lewis Brinson Award, and Fan of the Year. We are continuing Locked on Marlins Awards Night and finishing here with the awards. Uh, Sean, Takes, and Sam all remain, and we are finishing strong in this one on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. No TikToks, no Instas for me. I'm too old. <laughs> welcome back to the show and the award show. It is the Thursday episode of Locked On Marlins. As you can tell, we have recorded these back to back to back. Same clothes. Doesn't matter. We're still here and fighting through with these awards. And guys... And the panel, let me introduce the panel in case you haven't listened to yesterday's or the day before's episode. Sean Barrett, uh, Kenny Takes a Maid, and Sam Clark all in the mix. Absolute stud panel, and we have been plowing through these. And it hasn't been what I would say over slander. It's been fair slander thus far. And guys, let's just get right into it. It is the Lewis Brinson Bust of the Year Award. There's one obvious name that was named three times in the poll, but... You could look at this in a different way. So I will not lead the witnesses on this one, guys. I want to start strong on the bust of the year, and I will give that honor to Sam Clark. Uh, so I guess when I when I was thinking about this, you, you gave us a little bit of a heads up, and I, and I was went to the old dome and tried to come up with a good answer because there's one completely obvious answer, right? It's Abisail Garcia. He's supposed to be one of our big signings. I mean, maybe you could say Jorge Soler. He underproduced, but he was injured a lot. Avisel Garcia came in 20 pounds overweight, uh, looked mm. completely lost, grounded into, I think, one million double plays, it felt like. Uh, never looked like his heart was in it. And and so when I was trying to brainstorm for a secondary option, J.J. Bladé came to mind. But I oh. think collectively as Marlins... Uh, the last collective or the last two years are we've kind of realized that Blade hadn't been living up to expectations in double A AA and triple A like we were hoping. So I think that the expectations were higher in the offseason for Avisel Garcia. I mean, we talked ourselves in the Jacob Stallings. That how'd that turn out? We talked ourselves mm-hmm. in Avisel Garcia. Um, signing a, a World Series MVP is probably a bad idea if they're not a superstar. Um, so hopefully we'll learn our lesson after that if Trent Grisham or whoever ends up shelling during the during the playoffs comes uh, comes in front of us. But yeah, I mean it's it's gotta be Avi, right? Like Avi just <laughs> consistently, with the exception of the Sandy Cardinals game and then his his uh his late season bomb has been uh has been incredibly disappointing. And it's not just this year that we have to look forward to him. It's it's a it's a few years in the future as well. Um so yeah, I'm I'm going chalk again. I'm going Avi. Would you would you have preferred four more years of Lewis Brinson in right field. I mean, at least you can talk yourself into maybe he's a late bloomer, right? Like, uh, and Sweet Lou, <laughs> Sweet Lou brought brought a personality to the team. He's not hunched he over with his fucking oh, excuse my language, Santa Claus belly texting on his phone in the middle of an important moment in the locker room. Like, at least Lewis, his heart was in it, uh, yeah. and he seemed to care. And he seemed he gave us like, the the cigar gift. We love that. Mm. Um, yeah, I a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, I guess I just I would rather choose somebody who who I can talk myself into over somebody who is supposed to be like this is their big contract they're going to produce uh, and and just don't just don't I mean yeah disappointing all around 
think so. Sean Barrett, what about you on the bust of the year? I mean, that's the obvious answer, isn't it? It is going to be Avi. You know, and, and Sam mentioned all those ground balls the third base. I mean, it was just, it was, you know, it's like watching a replay all year long. Everything mm. worked back. I, I can't remember many at bats that that wasn't the occurrence. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't actually that bad, but that's certainly how it seemed. I'm going to go a little bit off the board, though, and I'm going to go completely off the field as well. I'm going to go with Derek Jeter. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Left, left the team, you know, in February just before the season. Never did what he set out to do, in my opinion. Never looked like he could do the job. I think he thought he could just waltz in. I'm Derek Cheater, and everything I touch turns to gold. And mm. fortunately, that wasn't the case. So for, for me, I mean, you could almost blame him for Avery as well. So I think we certainly need to make sure that we remember how we ended up with the actual bust of the year. Great shout, Sean. I must say, great shout. And definitely deserves a mention, Derek Jeter, no doubt. Kenny, what about you on this one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. Everyone, if you want to pause the episode real quick and go to Takes Were Made on Twitter and search Avicelio Garcia and Takes Were Made, and you'll see all the things I've said about <laughs> Avicelio Garcia. Uh one of the worst baseball players and one of the worst signings <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life of watching baseball. Uh, easily the biggest bust considering what he was paid, considering what he was expected to do with his 30 home runs. Like it was all just, uh, it just completely, 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 completely fell flat on its face. Uh, you know, I still remember first two weeks of the year, people telling me like, why are you overreacting? It's just a slow start. Here we are game 162 still sucks. Still a slow start. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, what an atrocious excuse for a baseball player he was. With all that being said, I once wanted Anthony Bass fired into the sun, mm. and he came back and was like easily the most valuable baseball player on the team outside of Sandy Alcantara. Am I saying I expect Avisayo Garcia to come back and be Albert <laughs> Pujols? Absolutely not. But at this point, maybe my puny little brain can't comprehend what he's capable of. Maybe mm. I'm wrong, and maybe Kim Ang is right. I will say right here that I doubt it. And I think <laughs> obviously Yo Garcia is going to come back next year and hit a whopping 235. Um, Stunner. <laughs> easily, easily, Stunner. easily. The bust of the year is obviously Yo Garcia. But before I give it back to you, Pete, so you can steer us in the right direction. Jacob Stallings should have to give obviously Yo Garcia <laughs> like a million dollars from his contract for how much attention he took off of the fact that he was also garbage because mm. Jacob Stallings was also very, very, very bad and not just hitting on every aspect. He couldn't yeah. throw runners out. He frames like, Oh my God. Like I think Have my nephew is seen... nine and I think he could frame better than him. Just the fact that this award doesn't go to one of the worst catchers I've ever seen in my life <laughs> because of one of the worst outfielders i've ever seen in my life like jacob stallings should be texting him every night and be like dude thank you for sucking so much because people are not giving me the bus of the year stallings ran like like the mafia knocked his knees after every after he left the box every time it was the most painful thing to watch in the entire world he i just horrendous he made me look like, like a track that star. Dude run is literally it's it, it's it's one of those moments where like you can go up to a kid 
who's a little overweight and doesn't think he can be a good baseball player in the future. <laughs> and you'd be like, son, look at this guy. You don't think you can be a professional baseball player? Just look at this 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 weirdo and how slow he is and how bad he is at everything. But yet he's still here making millions of dollars, son. You can do it. So never give up on your dreams, guys, because <laughs> Jacob Stallings is a major leaguer. I'm just thinking ahead now, guys, to be honest with you. I'm thinking this moment, a year in advance, we come back. And Avisel Garcia has had his first ever 30 home run season. I just I can crown, see it man. in the stars. I can just see it happening. That it would just be the most monumental of bounce backs all time if Avi actually Kim, she was just a prophet. She could see in the future. She knew it. And it what's going to happen if the first two weeks of next season he's hitting like 350, 400? <laughs> like really, just the lighten it up. Like sell it, high, like, baby. <laughs> yeah get someone on the phone immediately yeah no doubt i mean it's going to be a really interesting thing to track next year the fact that he lost all the timber right at the end of the year i think was very intriguing how he how he was allowed to continue in that path but bust of the year an obvious one guys let's flex into um another one that i i like but you know this can be taken a few ways it's iron man of the year so obviously just to kind of cap up that one by the way Avisel Garcia is the bust of the year and takes that award. Insert applause sound effects here. Iron Man of the Year. There's four I put down. There may be others. Jazz playing 60-odd games at all-star level and voted into the all-star game with a torn knee and a half-broken back. Miggy um, for playing pretty much every day, um, but smashing his face into someone's helmet is teeth flying out oh, I forget. Yeah, and oh being reinserted and then back next day with his teeth looking pearly white. So, you know, dentist <laughs> did a good job. Um, Sandy, 228 innings. And maybe more surprising, the most surprising, Pablo Lopez, 32 starts in a year. Pablito! Absolutely stunning. There's others maybe in there, but... The Marlins, they've got some Iron Men. They really have. They these boys have fought through the pain barrier to deliver 69 wins. Nice. Um <laughs> Sean, where are you leaning on Iron Man of the Year? I'm gonna go well, I'm not off board because he was on the board, but I'm gonna go Miggy just because he's the only qualified hitter for the Marlins. He's the only guy <laughs> to get to over 500 at bats. Okay. And in default, the, and it's by default. Yeah, if we call if we call the Sherman era, you know, he leads a team in plate appearances, in hits, in doubles. He's been one of those mainstays, and the reason why I want to mention him is just in case that's the last we see of him. So, you know, he is he's had his struggles, and, and we've all you know we've sat on him a little bit as well on the field and off the field. But he turned up every day, played baseball. Defensively, an absolute wizard. And the, the bat for periods of time over the season weren't quite as bad as maybe some people were leading it to be. So mm. for me, he is, is is yeah, definitely the Iron Man. I think you could definitely give it to Sandy and Pablo as well. Um, yeah. but, but for me, it's Miggy. Okay. Uh, Kenny, how do you feel about Miguel Rojas at the moment? Uh, man, I obviously I don't like him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I don't want him on the team anymore. I, I don't think he's like a serviceable major league baseball player. I think he's getting older. I think he's a great guy, right? You see him at the end of the year giving out bats to kids. Like he's not as like a horrible human being. He's not. He's a good person. I just don't. I just think, I his time here has run its course. I think he's not 
like a great leader of this team. I think he spends way too much time looking for what people will talk about him. And if you're going to be a 34, 35-year-old captain of a baseball team, you know, and you have a team full of young guys looking for some sort of mentoring, and you're on Twitter, like, searching your name for what people say about you and blocking people who are very inconsequential, I'm sorry. Like, I just find that it's it's not a good look. That's all it is. I've, I've, I try not to, like, even talk about him anymore, try not to address it anymore, because, like, it's just Uh-oh. so get that memo. at this point. No, 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 nothing. It, it, please, like, I don't mind. Like, when you ask me, I don't mind talking about it, right? But as far as Twitter goes, a lot of it gets like, you can only say so much on Twitter, and someone's going to take it out of context, or someone's going to take it a different way. At least when people listen to this, they'll be able to hear me saying what I like truly feel. Again, great guy. As far as him being on this team, I've, I'm, I've seen enough. <laughs> like, it, and it's not just him; it's a lot of people on this team, right? Like, I, I know it may seem like. The question was about Miguel Rojas, but I can say that about like 30 different people on this team that I've seen enough of. Um, as far as the award, Iron Man Award, it's, again, kind of similar how I don't mess around with Tommy Hutton. I'm not going to mess around with Sandy. It's Sandy because Sandy's doing stuff that, like I said, right, we, we've seen it, how, how pitchers are very treated with these very kid gloves. Like, how can we keep this person healthy for so long? And then Sandy's just like the Kool-Aid man, just bursting through the wall. And he's like, oh, give me nine more innings. Give me nine more innings. And he's just, every time he goes out, he's like, I want to throw 140. And he does it and stays healthy. And then the season ends and he's snorting it. And he's just like, give me the World Baseball Classic. Like, he's just ready. He just wants to continue pitching deep into the games. Like, that's all he wants to do. Like, and at a position where it's like a, a blister keeps you out two weeks. And this guy was just like, I don't know what he's made of. The guy's like he's a, never had a blister. He, I don't know what he is, Pete. I don't think he's human. He's like a redwood tree in like California. Like he's just towering over everyone. He's just <laughs> this huge beast. And he's like, oh, coach, three days rest. Okay, one hundred four miles per hour. Here I come. Like he's just—it's unheard of what he's doing. It really is. Like it's when you it look is. at pitchers around the league and like Degrom and how often he gets hurt. Scherzer misses time. Pitchers miss time, mm. and yeah. he's doing something that is completely out of the norm like it's unheard of you don't see guys do this you don't and then first off it's very rare to see pitchers pitch 32 games a year like every year and then it's very rare to see him do it while pitching 220 plus innings like on on a team that sucks (laughs) like he's doing something (laughs) that you really just don't see so he's easily my my iron man of the year shout out sandy love that guy Shout out, Sandy, indeed. Uh, before I let Sam go, I will uh, slightly steer the witness here because <laughs> the Twitter polls are in and it is landslide season on the yeah. Twitter polls. Sandy, yeah. 228 innings, 83% of the vote. Oh, my God. Um, Miggy with his teeth, 4%. And hmm. Pablo, 32 starts. I think this is unfair. 3% with Pablo for 32 starts. For me, that was one of my fit. It's one of my favorite elements of this year that Pablo's had a full workload for the first ever time. But, Sam, I won't steal your thunder anymore. <laughs> Iron Man of the Year for you. 
It's Sandy. It's Sandy. He has 23 more innings than any other starting pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. He was he was the iron horse uh, from a pitching perspective, from a team perspective. And an underrated part about uh, this idea of thinking of him in the context of what an iron horse is, is that one of the most fun parts about watching Sandy, and he doesn't do it every time, but when he starts to bring the velocity up as it gets later in the games, I and know. he starts out throwing 98, and he's throwing 100 in like the seventh and eighth inning, it's, it's a remarkable thing to see. It's a remarkable thing to see. Sandy absolutely shout out to also though um the jazz and playing through all these injuries it really goes to show that like it's easy for me to like have a beer and then tweet out less nonsense about these players but then when you get the context of all the things that they're really going through and all of the injuries a torn meniscus would take me out i wouldn't be able to go to my desk job so like the idea that he's stealing bases <laughs> and cranking homers with a torn meniscus is just uh, a foreign concept they're all they're all aliens they're all incredibly impressive but yeah it's sandy it's just uh, when you think workhorse if you asked any baseball fan that follows like uh the both the national and american league who the workhorse was of the season i'd be shocked if it wasn't predominantly sandy answers 100 yeah. percent. this is also, sandy's award Pete, like you said shout out to pablo shout out to pablo because i was one of those guys where after they didn't trade him at the deadline i was like this is such a risky move for a guy mm-hmm. who's never finished the season in his career like this could backfire on us very big if it ends up being an injury that keeps him out going into next year and he shut me up. He proved everyone wrong. And he, he, he pitched in 32 games for the first time in his career. So shout out to Pablo. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's a great point. It's a great kind of storyline for us heading into the offseason as we kind of get away from these awards. But that season for Pablo and the approach the Marlins took where they decided to sit on their hands effectively and not pull the trigger on a deal, that seems like it's actually paid off. If Pablo would have got hurt again, yeah. then... You know, again, we'd have been questioning that decision at that moment in time. But Sandy is the Iron Man. Um, but it's time for our first ad. And the Iron Men of menswear are back in town, guys. It is our good friends over at Roan. Yes, sir. And the dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention. And Roan stepped up to the challenge big time. Their commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. It's a big claim, but I like it. Mobility. That's the first thing. Rome's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability, flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. I'm more of a 36-hole kind of guy. I like to double down. And it's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Rome's wrinkle-release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. Yes, sir. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That is 20% off your order. You can head to roan.com slash locked on. Roan is spelled R-H-O-N-E, just in case you didn't know. Uh, roan.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort if if rose offering mobility can we get a hundred shirts to jacob stallings tomorrow please <laughs> let's get some over to jacob stallings um jakey if you're listening send me your address mate i will personally <laughs> send you 10 no problem i will use the promo code so Stallings, let's get them the mobility up let's get the wrinkles sorted we got you covered brother all right guys final segment it's been a stunning three days of of, of episodes and There's two final categories left. And we have, first off, the trade of the year. Trade of the year 
I'm going to preface this with, I think Kim Ang can actually swing a good deal. When, when she pulls the trigger on deals, I've liked what, she've done, what she's done. So I'm going to have to call that out. And I'm extremely interested to see what the offseason brings because this offseason needs a lot of trades. So many trades, it's going to be ridiculous. So the shortlist for trade of the year. Stallings. <laughs> Maybe not the right time to bring that one up. Stallings for Scott. Not much love for that one. Wendell for Meisner. Groshans for Bass and Pop, Scott and Salsa for effectively a comp B pick. Those are the four that I've put forward. There may have been other ones. There probably was. But Stallings for Scott. Reminder, Tanner Scott um, was Tanner Scott? (laughs) Who am I thinking of? Connor Scott. Connor Mm. Scott was a first-round pick. First-round pick. So binned off for uh, for Stallings there. So Stallings for Scott. Wendell. Meisner, Groshans, Bass and Pop, Scott and Salsa for effectively a comp B pick. Uh, Kenny, this one's you, brother. Trade of the year. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say no. I'll say Bass for for Groshans because, again, I the way I kind of think of these awards is my expectation before the year and then how it ends up turning out. And there's kind of like the Braxton Garrett most improved thing. I was so down yeah. on him that I was not expecting what I saw from him. Uh, and it's kind of, again, this is a, a more of a GM award, right? Like we're trying to give credit to Kim Ang here. But I think that a lot of the reason why this trade was ever able to happen was because Anthony Bass had one of the crazier bounce backs ever. When you look at his yeah. career numbers, he was never this good. To have the best year of your career at your age 34, age 35 season is not it's not normal and we were able to flip that into a potential you know starting third baseman i'm not as high on groshans as a lot of people are but i still do think that when you consider the fact that you were able to flip anthony bass for a top 100 prospect it's that's a really really good trade and it, and it comes again from management perspective of putting bass in positions to succeed you saw them kind of stop messing around with like hey maybe give him a shot as, as a closer because if they would have done that for an extended period of time, who knows if his numbers would have just imploded and then there goes that trade. So it yep. came from a spot of one of the few things they managed well was Bass and putting him in these good positions to succeed in the seventh, eighth inning. His numbers were crazy good. Obviously, we saw how it turned out in, in Toronto, but flipping him for Groshans was a, a fantastic, fantastic trade. I really, really easily to me, the best trade they made. No doubt. I'm completely with you. And you're right. The Bass turnaround drove this trade, and the Bass turnaround happened because of him, but also the fact they didn't mess with the role. Fixed him in the role, found his role. He excelled. Too many players this year, the Marlins messed with their role, yeah, tried to squeeze yeah. them into a role. That isn't just the bullpen. It's offensive dudes too. Round pegs, square holes, or whatever the saying is. There's so much of that, and the guys could not excel. Bassman, seventh inning. Yes, sir. Locked it down. Groshans is back. We'll see what Groshans can do. I think he's going to have every opportunity, I think, to, um, to to start at third base. We'll wait and see how that plays out. Sam, what about for you on this one? Trade of the year. Is it Jacob Stallings for you? It's, uh, yeah, it's Jacob Stallings. Me, my new best friend, Jacob Stallings. Yeah. Uh, I, it's got to be Groshans. Yeah. I mean, it takes put it, takes had two really good points there uh, that I, that I kind of want to highlight. Not only uh, the, the first one that the Marlins put 
um, a potential trade piece in a position to succeed, to to increase their value and and see what they could get back. That's they did a good job of it. I mean, we've especially this episode in particular. I've done uh, a lot of hammering on the bad things that the Marlins did this uh, this past offseason and this year as a whole. Um, so it's it is important to to maintain any sort of optimism and uh, and kind of build up confidence in the good things they did. Um, I mean. Is the Jacob Stallings trade uh, bad because Jacob Stallings is bad? Yes, but also uh, we got we sold high on Zach Thompson. It's not like he had a good year in Pittsburgh at all. I think he had like an over five ERA, um, and he wouldn't have had a he wouldn't have had a spot in this rotation. He would have just been rotten away in the minors. So um, from a, an expectations perspective, yes, the Jacob Stallings trade was a disappointment. Um, but we had we were all hype on it going into the year. We were all expecting yeah. to get this Gold Glove level defense. Um, and the one thing Stallings did do well is catch every Sandy game. And and yep. I don't know I I don't know how much of a real effect that has. Um but if if we were to put a check in the in the positive corner for Jacob Stallings, it is his ability to catch uh Sandy and work with him through those games and be just kind of the veteran catching presence that it felt like he needed. Um but yeah, it's Groshans. I mean, I, I'm not completely sold on them either. I mean, like a contact hitter over in a corner spot is not always the best thing uh, or something that you want. But um, and he hasn't been phenomenal defensively. I think he's probably been right around average at best. Um, but he's young. We'll, we'll give him a shot. Anytime you can get a reliever for a, t- a top 100 prospect, you do it. So um, I think with the context of that, you got to go. You got to go Groshans. Shawnee Barrett. Where'd you yeah, say it's, this one? it's a sweep. In, in my mind, it's a Groshans oh. trade. For, for all the reasons the guys have said, I mean, I'm a bit higher on Stallings than, than maybe the other two. Uh, I think his second half was is significantly better. That's and, not hard, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we can get two times at half, um, I think that would be a far better season and something that we can actually play with and, and not be too disappointed in. The defence, yeah, we were expecting gold glove, weren't we? And we just, mm. we've not quite seen that. Um, it's significantly better than what we've got in previous years, but that's again, that's not saying much either. Groshans is for me, yeah, it is that idea of, of Bass, a guy that we were all, all shipped off last, well, right now, this time last year, we'd yep. all shipped him off for nothing. We'd have shipped him off for the salary relief, a bucket okay. of balls. Yep. As it is, the Marlins not only do get a 100 ranked prospect, they also get some money relief in my eyes because Groshans will be the starting third baseman and BA and his big number in arbitration will be gone. So that money can be used elsewhere. So for me, it was a win-win trade. Putting it into context, guys, right now, uh, in the, the modern day era, let's say one year on, this is effectively like trading Richard Blyer for a top 100 prospect. Like we're in that spot right now where yeah. a year of control or whatever and you know, on a down year, somehow you turn that into a top 100 prospect. Like Bass pitched well, the Marlins put him in the spot and they capitalized on that. He went to the postseason with the Blue Jays and ended up costing them because, uh, yeah, he he ended up with zero outs and three earned runs and no Twitter account. So that's tough to see for the Bass man. I hope he does come back to Twitter because he's a likable character. Um, but nevertheless, the Marlins sold high, got their dude. My so you guys have gone for the sweep, and that includes Twitter. Twitter also had this one as forty-four percent the winner. My favorite actually was the the least voted for six percent for Tanner Scott Cole Salsa. I actually think for that comp B pick and a few other random dudes, I think there's something there with Tanner Scott. I do think that we'll end up finding something there, and that will end up being the better of all of them trades in some sort of way. I don't know. 
I just I think if he can stop throwing 150 sliders in a row, mixing it up slightly, his stuff will play. He can be a top reliever. I'm confident of that. Less walks, more guesswork for the hitters. I think Scott can can end up being something for effectively they gave away a draft pick and a few few duds. Okay, final one, guys. It's the fan of the year vote. Fan of the year. It was impossible to put a Twitter poll up that accurately captured all of the Marlins Twitter studs. Listen, Marlins <laughs> Twitter, it's relatively small, but well-formed is how I would describe it. It's, it's a beautiful beast. Um, I put up a few nominations, but guys, I will give you your chance to put forward your names. Um, Loud Marlins fan was in the mix. The smooth Jazz Chisholm Lounge was in the mix. Ron Cox in the mix. Uh, who else did I have in there as well? I can't even remember. It was too many. Uh, oh, Marlins Maniac. Marlins Maniac. <laughs> Kim Ang's burner, basically. So. <laughs> okay, uh, let's finish strong. Sean Barrett, I will hand this one to you. Fan of the year, Marlins Twitter fan of the year. I'm not saying this just because he's in this Zoom call, but one of the people that I like to interact with as far as his content and the person that makes me smile the most is takes i think the, the job you do on the baseball side is amazing i have to say i'm going to take you off notifications soon because there's just too much <laughs> and it's it's an absolute tire fire at the moment so i might have to take you off notifications um, i want to give an honorable mention though because there's some older gentleman that sits in i think it's zone 21 or 22 in the stadium and you can see him when the, the, the camera pans that weight on the batter. And he has been there for multiple games, for multiple years. He's always there. And every time I see him on the broadcast, I raise my glass to him every time because he's always there and he must love the baseball. And it, it's good to see that there are a few loyal fans in That's Miami. a great way. That's a great way of doing it, mate. To be honest, I do the same. Whenever I see an empty seat, I raise a glass. And boy, oh boy, I have been boozed this year. It's been boozy. Um, Sam, what about you on this one, mate? Fan of the year. Nice words I'm, as well, Sean. I'm going to follow Sean. It takes Shout out to Takes. Phenomenal Marlins presence. Shout out to Peter. Phenomenal Marlins presence. Uh, two of the best in this, uh, in this call right now. Uh, for me, this is a no-brainer. As far as who's brought me the most entertainment value and to the, the guy I will send tweets to uh friends that don't follow the marlins from his account it's loud marlins fan man this guy has been on a roll all season i mean even in the last week he went to the final game of the season got don mattingly to sign the ball and then tried to sell it on twitter three days later what an iconic thing to do he was sitting behind home plate with uh with marlins man there for a second he's yeah. trying to sell monte harrison frame jerseys for like prime dollar him and craig mish got a thing going on i mean there was the the personalized stuff where he just disappeared for a while and then came back the the amount of hats that this man has this guy has more specific loud marlins fans hats than i have hats combined uh always around banging pots and pans i don't know how he hasn't got uh anger like uh hoa letters just constantly from all the noise he's making this guy's uh this guy's a legend for me uh watches every game cares the most uh, is a Hurricanes fan, which sucks, but outside of that, he's my uh, fan of the year. I'm going to clip that whole segment and put that out on Twitter. <laughs> that is just so good. So good. Takes, what have you got for us? Fan of the year. I mean, first of all, Sean, Sam, thank you guys, really. Like, I, I do appreciate that. Like, the whole purpose of 
when I created the Takes for Made account and all that. Was it to be like, a lot of guys want to get into some sort of journalism or something to get in with the team and learn players. But all I've ever wanted is to like be loved by like other fans, like to be able to speak for them, be able to entertain them. Like at the end of the day, I said it on the last time I was on here, Pete, players come and go, coaches come and go, general managers come and go, owners come and go, stadiums come and go, teams come and go. But the fans will are like always there. Like the same people I've been bantering on Twitter with for the past three, four years, they're still here. You know what I mean? And my goal is always really to entertain them. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I do. So like, that's all I've, I've, I've ever really wanted to do. Whenever I launch my own podcast, that'll be the purpose of it. So like speak from the heart about my, my fandom and to entertain other fans that are just like me. Like I'm, I'm no different really than, than anyone else. So thank you guys really, really, really from the bottom of my heart. I do appreciate that a lot. Um, just to say, just, just to interject like, slightly. Yeah, there no. is a gap in the market, by the way. There is a gap in the podcast market that needs filling. And I feel like you could be the right man to fill that gap. I think it's time I finally get off my ass and, and throw my hat in the ring and do something. It's time. That's very simple as talking into a mic once in a week. I can't do what you do with but once a day. But uh, especially about this team. But, um, you know, Shout one thing, Peter one for that thing alone. I'll say. Yeah, Peter, like, I, that's kind of like a good segue into this, right? I can't give an award to a single Marlins fan. What I can do is just shout out off the top of my head the people that like make Marlins seasons bearable, make them entertaining. Because like it's a, it's a not an entertaining product by any means, but yet somehow I watch it and find myself entertained when I'm like nothing is like more fun than watching my team stink, but then seeing the jokes that like other Marlins fans are cracking on Twitter, like it makes it enjoyable. And you know that's 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 you, everyone in this call, Pete doing a, 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 a podcast every single day about this team you know if i like, that's like a form of japanese torture but you make it fun <laughs> like you 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 really make this like a, it's such a great show you make it like something being as a kid growing up i always wanted no matter how bad the team was i always wanted to hear about the marlins and you know marlins in local radio in miami nobody talks about the marlins like you turn on the radio and they're talking about the heat but they're talking about the dolphins those are that's what consumes this town so being able to have a podcast that you can tune into every single day and hear like from a Marlins fan, whether it's negative, positive, whatever it is, like Pete, what you do is like fantastic. So shout outs to you, Sam, NL Feast, beautiful, Sean, diehard Marlins fan, great, great perspective that he provides. Like I will tweet the most overreactive sheet, shit, sorry, and Sam uh, and, uh, and Sean will come in and he's like, man. Let's calm down. And I'm like, Sean's always there to keep me level-headed. Like someone, me, the most overreactive person in the world, and Sean's always there to be like, you sure you mean that? And I'm like, no, I don't, Sean. Thank you, though. So, Sean, you, I mean, off the top of my head, Alex, you know, one of my best friends on Marlins Twitter. I, I, I love him to death. Uh, high sports guy who's now, he's rebranded to Nick Fortes Fan Club. <laughs> yeah. Love him. Uh, Mario, love him. Fish Stripes, every one of them great content they put out like there, there's so many in such like you said pete such a small fan base right we are there's no you don't have to hide it but so many really 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 cool people in there that i like i i do get excited for marlin seasons even though i don't think the team's ever going to be great when i get into them i'm still like looking forward to baseball seasons because i get to talk to the people i consider friends you know and i've gotten to meet some of these people in real life and they're they're always just as cool as i expect them to be so I can't give the award to any singular person. I'm sorry. I just can't do it because there's so, so many cool people 
But if I thought for for the sake of leaning one or Pete, you got a special place in my heart. Shout yes, out Pete. Sir. Yes, sir. You know what podcast he's on. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Listen, here's how the fans voted. They 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 had Loud Marlins fan as the champ and the king. And I must say, shout out to Chase. He he has a unique style. I'll 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 put it that way. A unique style that he loves this team. He's a fan at the end of the day, and he loves this team, and he wants the team to do at, well. Yeah. And at the end his of the disappointment... day, the team needs more, more, more diehard fans like him, right? Like exactly. 100%. You would exactly. never turn that down. No, we need. We just need diehards, and that's the beauty of it. And it's almost impossible to pick a fan of the year. Loud Marlins fan has had a wild year, I would say, and that is true. And like you said, there's some highlights there. The Monte Harrison jersey. $300 is a is a steal, Peter. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I guess so. Um, you know, the, the Don Mattingly baseball for sale. <laughs> you know, fair play. I shouted out. What a fun guy. He's been on the pod many times and, uh, you know, I, I, I do appreciate him as well. I'm going to give my, my my fan of the year actually to Sean Barrett. So there's been a lot of in love Can here. I there's John. a lot of incest in this podcast here today. <laughs> but it has to be said, Sean Barrett, I I want to shout you out, brother. I don't know how many episodes, let's call it 95, you've been on this year on Locked On, mate. You have been there with me. We went through the trade series in the lockout. You were podcasting with me in a lockout. You didn't have to, but you were there with me rattling through trade propositions with the bloody Seattle Mariners and the Marlins. It's never going to happen. Who cares? <laughs> you were in there. You've been there every week through thick and thin, probably done multiple episodes a week, multiple times. So, Sean Barrett, you are my fan of the year. I think, in reality, it's as good as a way to end it, guys, because it's been a wild year for the Marlins, a disappointing one overall. The emojis, I think, summed it up on Tuesday's episode. So, if you guys <laughs> haven't listened to that episode, go all the way back, get the emojis. It's been a disappointing one, but... What I will say, guys, there is going to be a lot of stories written this offseason. A lot. There is so much that just has to happen because there's no front office. There's no coaches. There's no manager. There's no players. So the Marlins somehow have to fill those holes. So there is going to be a lot of action. And luckily, guys, there's a daily Marlins podcast to keep you updated. <laughs> Fish stripes. <laughs> and locked on Marlins, of course. Right, boys, that is going to wrap us up. That has been... A stunning three-part series of awards night with a few ads sprinkled in there. My special thanks, Sean Barrett, Sam Clark, Takes Were Made, all for joining me for this one. Hope you've enjoyed it, guys. Uh, any final words from anyone before we roll? If not, then I will roll the final credits, which are basically me uh, hitting the end recording button. Uh, I, I, I'm waiting for the moment, Peter, in like deep January where you're just going full shining mode and typing the same sentence out over on Twitter over and over again from having to do a daily Marlins podcast in January. But, uh, but no, no, thanks again for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Excited to see what happens next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Thanks to the absolutely stunning panel and we will be back. Well, guess what? Tomorrow, Friday, it is the Friday episode tomorrow. And it's just me, a solo pod on a Friday, probably recapping some of this and also recapping what the postseason has done. We've recorded these all throughout Wednesday, Tuesday, sorry. What day is it? Tuesday. We've recorded these all through Tuesday. I am sitting here praying for a Julio Urias blow-up. I hope he gets completely smashed up and absolutely decimated 
Um, but it is the Thursday episode, but I have no idea what's happened on Tuesday yet. So I'll be recapping that on Friday. In the meantime, uh, enjoy this episode. Enjoy awards. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>